Hi, and welcome back to episode two of the Friday. Shit. The Fri- yeah, the Friday Physio Confession podcast. So, with me, Martin, and my co host, Matt Del Bracco. I need to say Del Bracco each time. It's a fucking wonderful name. Now, Matt, how's your week been? Yeah, it's been a good week. Pretty slow start to the week, but weekend's finally here. So, time to uh, grab a drink and enjoy the pod with you. Yeah, exactly. So, any parties planned? We're just going to do the old getting drunk on the sofa. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a dangerous, slippy slope, that, isn't it? But I'm yeah, already at the bottom of the slope, slipped all the way down. Oh, yeah. But it's a good well, slope, though. When you sit, uh, sit down on Friday, weekend in front of you, and then you just pop a beer or two or three, and then you go for a gin. And before you know you? it, you're hard. Uh, before we started, it sounded like you were having uh, the local zoo has come to Norway. Yeah, that's my kids. <laughs> that's my kids. So, you know, the weekend will be enjoying my moments with them. Perfect. This is fucking it's, it's insane. You know, you feel tired during the week, and then you get to the weekend and think, yeah, a couple of days off. Mm-hmm. There's no days off with kids. <laughs> I'm not that. I'm up at six, trying to uh, get them active, going outside, watching them do stuff, and then you have to, you know, keep them active through the day, or they won't sleep at night. I'm so still just, living the life of no kids and plan to continue embracing it. Yeah, just, just, just embrace it. Just, you know, keep, uh, keep practicing making them and. Yeah. Don't don't finish. Yeah. So <laughs> okay, either way, people listening in your car, on the toilet, at work, wherever you are. Now it's been a busy week for us, and we thought we would have a plan when this day came, but we still haven't. So <laughs> I would like to uh talk a little bit about a patient that came in today with me. That's okay. Give your thoughts, Matt. You know your your diagnostician, diagno, diagnostician, diagnostician, diagnostician. Yeah. yeah, it's like yeah. one of those premium rate numbers. This I charge uh, two pound fifty per minute. So you better oh. make it snappy. This uh, give me all the relevance. <laughs> <laughs> two fifty per minute. Yeah, Man, yeah. It's like one of those okay. chat lines. Is that, yeah. Does that does that include you know? What, what's the what's the caveat for that? Do you what? do it, is it all caveat? Caveat. Is there any caveats? Is there anything off the table I need to charge? Get charged extra for? You find out at the end of the podcast. I'll send you an okay. invoice. Let's see where it goes. <laughs> all right. Good. So yeah, I wanted to talk about a patient I had in. Uh, in my in my clinic uh, this week, it was a patient with uh, back pain and and quite obvious lateral shift. Do you know what a lateral shift is, man? Um, lateral shift is probably the thing that I've seen <clears throat> debated on Twitter. Yeah, by the smart guys, and the thing yeah. that I kind of look at everyone's back when they've taken their t-shirt off and think, 
what the fuck am I looking at? Why am I staring? <laughs> Where do you find that? It is on the back, right? <laughs> it's on the back. It's like, uh, it's not actually a thing I've seen very often, uh, but, but this guy had it quite lateral shift and and you know it's been debated a lot on on twitter you know that you, you have the camp you have to correct it correct that lateral shift just bend fucker back and then you have the other camp saying well no you don't need it really need to and, and all that and low I, I did not correct it at all oh really yeah really it's still out there Walking like a like a triangle, <laughs> <laughs> like a, a drunk chimpanzee. <laughs> but but the uh, the my confession for for the day is that I didn't correct it because I'm in the camp of I think you don't really need to correct it, but mostly because I have no freaking idea how to do it. What think- do you do? Well, I think the question is, why have they got a lateral shift? Let's be serious for a second. Teach me. Why have they got a lateral shift? Are we talking discogenic, offloading, trying to get some sort of position of ease, or is there some more? Yeah, I think that's the that's the the um, baseline of the people that focus a lot on lateral shift. That is a discogenic pain, or mm. you can't say discogenic pain, can you? Of uh, uh, I don't know. I Possible just discogenic nociception. That's a whole nother discussion, isn't it? You're uh, not allowed to say that. that is the yeah. end. You can't no, say the end. You can't say the end. But uh, so that's a probably a good idea to have someone in talking about nociception for that. I, I got no fucking clue what's going no. on with that. No. But either way, so uh, lateral shift. Didn't correct it because I have no bloody idea how to do it. And I'd rather like to think that you don't need to correct it. Mm. Probably. So, what about your patients who come in and they've got a, I'm going to call it, a copyright this, an anterior shift where they come in, they've got a acute disc prolapse and they're stumped over like, what's his, what's his name? Humpback of Notre Dame. Is that an anterior yeah. shift? Interior shift. They're just in a nice yeah. curved position. Surely that's a some sort of pattern. Yeah, it must be. I had a um, I had a patient come in once who came in like that, raging leg pain after he'd been lifting up some paving stones, and he came to see me privately. And you know the pressure's on when they're handing over their money, and they've got contactless yeah. now. Money is out of their account like that, and. Mm-hmm. I remember him coming in and I was thinking, what the fuck do I do? I can't touch this guy. And I literally <laughs> just lay him on a bed with about 10 pillows underneath him. And he yeah. lay there for about half an hour. And then when he got back up, he was like, you're a miracle worker. Symptoms were pretty much resolved. Came back a week later and he was raging bilateral leg pain. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But, but- <laughs> that's another funny thing you know when people can't you know when you you, you do stuff first of all there's so in so much pain that you're like what the fuck do i do mm-hmm. is, does this hurt yeah mm-hmm. what about this yeah you know <laughs> you're barely touching them or, or trying to guide movements or anything and and they're just and then you do something and then go up oh man that feels so good 
yeah. <laughs> and you're like yeah yeah i i knew that yeah i hoped i knew that would work but in your mind you're just going what the hell did i do it's what a tricky place to be, isn't it? it's tricky when you're yeah. seeing the acute pain patient i mean yeah. what would you do if imagine someone came to see you and you they stubbed their toe and they've got that raging 10 out of 10 pain or 11 out of 10 if we're going for the real yeah NRS. they got 11 out of 10 and imagine they came to see you in that split second that they've got that pain what on earth are oh. you going to do you can't just go for the the rub tactic can you that we all do or the just drop the f bomb <laughs> that can't be a stream <laughs> friction that shit yeah that's a good point uh and as well, what do you do when you, when people you you feel like you've accomplished something, and the patient feel like you accomplished something, and then they come back as you did, as you all did with the uh, raging bilateral pain? Yeah, you get that guy to uh, the emergency department. <laughs> yeah, he, he was uh, he was fine in the end, but it's not a nice place to be when someone's putting all of their their pain and everything it's doing to their life in your hands for that 30 minutes and they're thinking they're going to get off that bed and everything is better. It's the problem with these YouTube clips of the Kairos who are putting Mm. noose around people's necks these days and yanking them up. And you, every time I see that, I like a hangman fracture. Yeah, that's a hangman fracture. Another one. Another one. At the same time, at the same time, I was like, I would like to try that just once. <laughs> That's like <laughs> some BDSM stuff that you just get a little bit of a kink for it, and you think, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah I'll just. Give There's that, more and more, more and more videos now on the internet that I'm seeing that pop up on Twitter of these chiros who are treating dogs. You seen this? Yeah, I've <laughs> seen it. This is. Uh, see, uh, I saw the, the uh, last one um, this week, though, but uh, I think it was a it was a big, big, big ass dog with a neck manipulation, mm-hmm. and the dog just went, "What the <laughs> fuck?" I don't, I don't think any consent was gained from that poor thing. <laughs> no. Well, that's a real problem. You have to have consent, don't you? Don't. Tell me about in uh, in Norway. What do you do with the the NRS scale? You taught this at uni or VAS or scoring pain out of ten? Yeah, to yeah. You talked a lot about the VAS scale uh, at at uni, but at the same time, what we did was the NRS scale. You know, we never did the 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 the, the, the proper VAS scale with you know, isn't that a ten centimeter line? Yeah, show me on the line of how much you uh, or you hurt, or you know, show me on the doll where it touched you, something <laughs> like that. But but <laughs> how do yeah. you uh, how do you quantify what a ten is? What's your go to with patients? Yeah, I like to tell my patients if you imagine a ten is me taking out a hacksaw and hacking off the bottom of your arm right now, no anaesthetic. That is a ten. And they'll still go nine. I swear to God, OA knees must be so bad. <laughs> yeah, I used to, what was I say? I, I say I used the 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 uh, the uh, ten is your worst pain you ever experienced, mm-hmm. and this would do that whole whole thing. But at the same time, people would just you know go 
nine. Yeah. And, and I love those people that you know come, come walking in, in into your clinic and you know laughing and, and having a good time and then so how's your leg pain? Mm-hmm. Ten. <laughs> so so this is the worst imaginable pain ever and you just cracked a joke and came skipping in. You so, still ask this question in your clinical practice or have you abandoned it? Or do you think there's value? You know, I'm, I'm quite, I have abandoned it. Oh, not, not completely, but um, I've abandoned it like the, the like I did as a fresh, fresh physio as, as a measure point. I don't do it at all i'm i'm more of the the how do you experience it is there any changing how does this affect you type of type of of question yes but i I think there's some value in it because it tells you first of all how how do you experience it when someone tells is 15 out of 10 it just (laughs) tells you that this really hurts I'm struggling yeah. with it. So, so there's value, not not as originally intended, I suppose, but but value in it that it gives a source of insight into into the pain efficacy of the person in front of you. Uh, but I don't know. Is there is there really anything that has the value that was originally intended? I, I really don't know. I think a lot of things have uh, got distorted over time, haven't they? It's a little bit yeah. like giant whispers. Everything that you originally thought you were doing and thought you were asking, we're just absolutely no idea why we're asking anymore. I had a, yeah. a student come over once from Switzerland. Really nice chap. Uh, let's call him Michael, because that's his name. And when he's... <laughs> when, when he was with me, he had the prompt sheet. So in the NHS, you get these prompt sheets and it's got all your questions laid out for you because we don't have a brain and we're not able to have conversation. You need it all put on a piece of paper first. Nowhere else you go. You don't go to a restaurant and get given a piece of paper, do you, that says, first, you must do this. (laughs) But in physio, this is what you do. The recipe, the recipe, yeah. (laughs) Michael had this sheet. And to be fair, if I was dumped in Switzerland, I would be like, give me that piece of paper. And he looked at it. <laughs> I'd come in with, um, I think it was knee pain. Let's go knee pain. Yeah. But, um, Michael started asking him the questions. Really competent. He was a great physio. He was um, he's going through all the... He had the front sheet. <laughs> That's true. The crib sheet. And he, um, he was going through it, reading the questions. How is it in the morning? What makes it better? What makes it worse? He was nailing it. He knew exactly what he was doing. He was a qualified physio. And then he turns over the page, and on the second side of the page is the special questions, not just the, uh, <laughs> the questions. These are special. And bear in mind, this, guy, <laughs> this guy's come with his knee pain. And Michael looks at it, and he's like, eh, any any diplopia? <laughs> any, di- <laughs> any dysophria? And the patient just says, no, <laughs> I was thinking that is not medically trained. <laughs> so I pulled the curtains back and I was like, Michael, do you know what it means? And he was like, Yes, I know. And I said to the patient, Do you know what it means? He was like, No, but I like the way you said it. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just rattling his way through every special question, regardless of what he was seeing. But, oh, I think this is, 
you give someone too much, uh, you take away their autonomy and tell them the questions are here, ask them, you should yeah. brain. It's all in your head. You know why you're asking these things, but yeah, that's quite a things. journey, isn't it? Because I remember as a student, you know, you you had to you had those lists mm-hmm. and and checking through them. First, you do this, but then you do that, and bow, 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 bow down. And I still, when I started working, uh, especially in, in private clinic, I I designed my own sheet for okay, this is shoulder, this is knee, this is neck, this is back, mm-hmm. and this is fibromyalgia. <laughs> yeah, this is fibro. Yeah, this is fibro. My but, you just get all the things <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah, and you had all those sheets and just put tape under mm-hmm. and you know, show me on the door while it hurts. All you know. through the shredder. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, but I fi- I found myself less and less using those because I first of all I didn't have the time. And second of all, I was like, why the fuck am I answering? This is the subjective tells me that it's nothing to do with that. Why the hell do I want to waste time digging into that that stuff? Yeah. So so more and more I'm just having no recipe at all, just taking what the patient tells me and and, and go through. And sometimes, you know, I fuck up a lot of times and, and I um and I forget stuff, and I do stuff, and then mid, you know, mid consultation, I would just stop and go into my head. What the fuck did I do now? Mm-hmm. Why did why did I do that test? What's that yeah. test called? What's it <laughs> for? What did I squish now? Why the I, I remember when I first qualified, you, I was looking for a book, and I was like, oh, look at this book, the special test book, mm-hmm. and I literally had all of them and i was like if i learn all of these i will be the best physio because i will know all of the tests now i'm racking my brain like what the hell is that called shoulder impingement you like my favorite is hawkins kennedy now it makes me think of cat in a chinese restaurant that just (laughs) just (laughs) i like i like also like the hawkins kennedy because that is quite simple you know okay i (laughs) I uh, have the theory that it's sub, uh, subacromial pain or stuff like that. Let's just crunch that shit up into <laughs> your chromium. Just really just fuck it up there. And, <laughs> you know, if we then combine it with uh, does it hurt when I do, you do external rotation and stuff and all, or isometric tests and everything in, in the movement, then it's good. You know, you're good to go. So it's... So that's probably the only uh, uh, Lasag. I do Lasags or, or the Schlump test as well, you know, for Lasag. Lahu? So the uh, uh, straight leg raise test. A straight leg raise. Yeah, yeah. 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 Straight leg raise. That's, that's, that's a problem. All right. So, so the problem with that is that what is considered a positive test if it's 30 degrees or something, and, and then you got, if you got a, 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 a you know, gymnast then. You know that. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that. But either way, going to back to recipes and everything, and and, and uh, what about the you know the Monday syndrome when you have been on a course during the weekend and you mm. just pile up suddenly full of motivation and you know everything and just do it that way. Do you have you had any courses like that that you just back in yeah, the clinic well. on Monday and just running with it? I went, I decided to take the approach of 
and many people said this to me, try go on the courses that don't fit your bias and see if you can learn these the things that you don't agree with. So off I went on like the nags and the snags courses and all those sorts of things. And I remember coming back into clinic that Monday and I was like, I'll give it a go. <laughs> Didn't fit my bias at all. Of course they got better. And I was like, oh, God. Then I was thinking, I'm going on a course I really want to go on this weekend. And I did loads of your soft skills courses, your motivational interviewing courses. Yeah. I was even practicing my motivational interviewing when I go to the go to the supermarket. You're speaking to whoever's on the checkout. They're speaking to you about what's going through the till. And oh, that's where, that was the perfect place to practice your motiv- motivational interviewing. Or when you're getting a coffee. These are perfect places. Jesus then I, Christ. <laughs> I remember putting it into practice when I went into clinic. And I had this, this hmm, 68, we'll say, 68-year-old lady. And she had knee pain. And she'd been waiting about four weeks to come and see the physio, which isn't that bad in the NHS, but four weeks. And she was like, I can't believe the weight. And I thought, it's time to get this motivational experience. <laughs> okay, that was, yeah. I was firing it at her. I was giving her all these reflections to think about and making her make her own choices. <laughs> she she definitely made her own choice because for their next session, I got a message from the GP that said, this patient no longer wants to come and see you as she felt all you was <laughs> talk about her private life. <laughs> That's all perfect. Great leg raise. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Man, I meddle into motivational interviewing myself and you know I always had a bit of a, a I never bought really into it, but you know, I like to kind of open questioning stuff uh and I try to use it consciously until this was a lady as well. And and I really thought I was I was nailing it. I think it was neck neck pain or something. I really thought, yeah. I'm good at motivational interviewing right now. I'm acing this. Or oh, my instructor would love this. I just imagine my instructor, you know, standing behind me and just nodding her head. Yeah, yeah, you go, you go. And then suddenly, like 40 minutes in, sorry, and this this lady just went, I know what you're doing. <laughs> you're trying to get me to tell you what you want <laughs> to hear. You want me to exercise, don't you? <laughs> I was like, what do you say then? You're yeah. looking for your motivational interview manually, and like, what do you do when they confront you? Yeah, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Exactly. I was, I was stunned. Mm-hmm. I was like, I completely lost it, and oh. and and that, oh man, that failed miserably. And one of the best things you can learn from motivational interviewing is then when you get in clinic and you think, I've tried all this, and they're not getting better. You write in the notes, behavior change. Patient is not ready to change. It's not me. <laughs> not that I've only done one course over a weekend. It's that you're not ready. <laughs> you weren't ready for my skills. <laughs> we had, a, we actually we had a when I worked in the hospital and I uh, worked in a uh, worked all over the the hospital. But I worked also worked in a uh, a group with the uh, with the four long standing chronic pain patients and everything. And we actually had a a doctor. Uh, a GP, it wasn't. It was a specialist or something, and and he was he was getting towards the end of his career. So he, and he was an old school type, mm-hmm. and he used to write into his notes, "This patient is rehabilitation resistant." 
It's just, it's not, it's not happening. And just close the books. <laughs> and just, oh, and we sit in, into meetings and says, and he was like, uh, East, Eastern European, you know, he was like, this patient, shit, go home. We don't have time. <laughs> it was terrible. I think there's a lot to learn from that. I think he's probably taught a valuable lesson to some people that there are patients who get referred in and you just got to realize you can't, you can't help everyone for the want of yeah. trying. There are probably people, and I probably don't go down the route of saying readiness to change and all that, but there are probably just people who we cannot help. And physiotherapy oh, God, yes. is like a, uh, a carousel, isn't it? I think there's a lot of people who make up a small percentage of the population, wherever you are, that use these services. There's yeah. a far bigger percentage who would never have been to a physiotherapist. And you've got to realize that small percentage of people I'm seeing, why am I seeing the same people over again? What's going on here? Yeah. And what are the people who are walking around with an x-ray that looks identical and they're doppelganger and they're yeah. living the same life, but they're not coming to physio. No, that's exactly that's, that's a good point because we already see maybe uh, 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 just a certain proportion of, of the of society anyway the ones that had ha, has that self the pain self-efficacy or, or whatever and mm -hmm. deals with it they don't come to see us at all so the people coming to see us are just a uh, uh, representation of those mm -hmm. that don't have that uh, and but i got a uh it's made me think of another funny story uh where i thought i aced it and and I didn't. So I had this I had this uh, lady in with the back pain, long-standing back pain at all, and, and did my whole stuff. It was not any medical serious, medically serious or anything. And and um, we kind of okay. Long story short, we, we agreed that she wanted uh, passive treatments, and I knew that getting her move moving because she didn't move at all would probably help some. So we made mm -hmm. a deal at let, let's try this for for, for six weeks. Mm -hmm. You do this and this, and 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 then I'll I'll, I'll do th these things for you. And of course, and we always have the evaluation front and back end. But that was the deal. We do six weeks stuff, and after the six week, we had, had a long session or an hour long session talking about the, the, does it. How is it going? Does it work? And it turned out she hadn't began moving at all. She hadn't done the stuff I, I, I advised her to do. And when she came to see me, we it was too little. Uh, and and she was like, "This is not helping." And I was, but she wanted to continue the the passive treatments. And I was like, "Well, do you do you feel they they help? Do, do they ease your pain?" No. Okay, do you feel do you feel better or looser or anything after? No. And then I, we had a discussion about there where we, I thought, we were, you know, agreeing both that this is not working, and maybe we should we should leave it because mm. uh, she she didn't want to do any other thing than passive treatments, and I was like, but your time is not. Your time is worth more, mm -hmm. especially when it you you feel it's not working at all. And, she, mm -hmm. and I really thought we had a good discussion, good dialogue, and we left as friends. And and you know, was pulled the plug there. 
And a year and a half later, she was back in, in the clinic. There's another physio running his clinic parallel to mine. Mm-hmm. And, and she, he, uh, he was seeing this, this woman. And, <laughs> and then a late Saturday evening, he told me this on, on Monday, late Saturday evening, he had got a text from this woman going, do you have the number for Martin? Mm-hmm. And he, he didn't respond at all. You know, he, he was sleeping. And, and like uh, 40 minutes later, another text had come in. Would you tell Martin to go to hell and fuck off? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and so, he, of course, he's a, he, he's a good guy. So he kind of confronted her with that. And and, and the, the session, the talk, I had a, a feeling went really great and we had both mutual understanding and re- respected each other so mm-hmm. now she interpreted and took away from it so that i was so demeaning yeah. i was not respecting her pain i was not doing anything and i i was brushing her off and she would she felt like a really small it's amazing isn't it, how you feel yeah. like sometimes you can you can have had such a good discussion with someone you think we are on the exact same page but it yeah. turns out you might be on the same page, but you're in completely different books. She's reading, yeah. reading in Braille. It's <laughs> <laughs> something. But, <laughs> but that's a sobering message to get when he showed me. Would you tell him to fuck off? <laughs> I don't think I've ever had anything quite as um, upfront. I've never had that. No. I've had, um, I remember when I was once doing a, I was doing a presentation for, some colleagues of mine when I was working at a football club and we had a patient with a proximal, well, I say patient, we had a footballer who was 18 years old, played academy football, good level. And he had a proximal hamstring tendon injury. And yeah. I was fairly newly qualified and I was like, I don't know a lot about this, but I'll go out there and I'll try and learn about it. And I remember listening to different podcasts and downloading every research paper I could almost like doing a mini lit review because I thought I'll present this back to my peers and they'll be impressed that I know what this is and I know how to manage it and I'm still not that long qualified but it's not something you come across in your day-to-day practice necessarily and I listened to all these podcasts was it with Alison Grimaldi I want to say I think it was one of uh, David Pope's Clinical Edge Pearls which is a useful podcast not giving it a plug though yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we did this I went through it all and I was like I understand this inside out I know how to get these people better and I go into my NHS clinic and there's a maybe probably in her 60s this lady and she's complaining of pain in the buttock mm-hmm. and the first thing I can think of is this is a proximal hamstring it has to be a proximal hamstring yeah I really eating breathing proximal hamstring but as soon as I tell you these symptoms, it, you will know straight away what's wrong with this lady. She stands up, she walks, the pain comes in her buttock, it travels down her leg, she sits down, her symptoms go away. It's deep in the buttock, it tracks down the leg. But for the life of me, the only thing I could think was proximal hamstring, proximal hamstring. <laughs> I get her in our physio gym and I've got her there loading her hamstring eccentrically on a skateboard riding back and forwards <laughs> because the only thing I could see was proximal hamstring tendons I couldn't see the wood for the trees yeah. and she went on to have 
surgery for stenotic presentation. And I was just thinking, I was probably five, six sessions in with her, and I was like, I know what this is. It's the only thing I can think about right now. Yeah. And you start seeing these presentations more and more the more you read into it. But you can be blinded because you've uh, you've gone down that rabbit hole. That yeah, exactly. It. And it's the same same thing we talked about. You know, when you've been on a course and the case presentations, everything, and you start to see them. Uh, I remember I took this shoulder course once, not Adam Meekins one, uh, another one, and and he this guy was really up on the scapular rotation stuff. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, I saw funky scapulars everywhere. <laughs> You can see the rotation and the delay and everything. And now, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, just like, I had a colleague once who said to me, I was I was discussing a patient and she was like, have you tried taping the scapula? And I was like, no, I'll give it a go. And the patient was coming in two minutes later and I was like, I don't know how to do that. And I must have wrapped this guy like the most, poorly wrapped Christmas Eve Christmas present you've ever seen Just a bit here, a bit there, a bit everywhere he came back and he's like it helps so much, can you show me how to do it? And I was like oh my god <laughs> oh, that's no perfect, oh the magic of tape man, oh the magic of tape just a little different I had a, a lady in with intense back pain, just I can't stand up, I can't walk and she was she was coming into the clinic like barely moving her feet and 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 I was like, what the fuck do I do? And she was very into into. Can you just? I've seen pictures of some taping. Can you do? And all I did was I took a I have some kinesio tape and kinesio tape in my in my clinic. Sorry guys, what I do? And I just Let pulled it. The podcast there. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just had some tape and just pulled it slightly. On the on the lower back, and mm-hmm. put it down, and she was like, "Oh god!" <laughs> and that little cheeky fucker just stood up and bounced. <laughs> oh my god, this is so good! And off she went. She didn't even say goodbye. She was like, "This is great." I'm telling just you, fuck if you're a poor Christmas present rapper. Kinesio tape is unreal. You can bend that stuff around corners. It's amazing. Yeah. Forget sellotape. Kinesio tape can save your life this Christmas. Yeah, I know. This, you know, Christmas presents is just. I usually just give them away and say this is wrapped with love. No, <laughs> you know, not quality. <laughs> this is just. This is just keeping it together. Or maybe just be happy you didn't get it in a bag. You know, plastic bag from the stuff shops. <laughs> Speaking of presents, have you? How many presents do you get off your patients working privately, like you do? Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, I usually get a couple of bottle of wines. I mm. get uh, some 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 candy. Uh, have got a bag of beer. Wow. Uh, what's the best, have... What's the best present you've ever got off a patient? Probably a. a, a, a in terms of like uh, most use, I got, I think I got seven kilos of uh, fish, of freshly made fish cakes. We call it. There's just uh, like uh, like a fish burger. Oh, wow, <laughs> just fish patties. 
<laughs> well, fucking good. And I, oh, that was good. That was good because we had dinner for like two months. Wow. Yeah, awesome. You're doing a good job. That's how you know you're doing a good job. Fish pies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I, had a, uh, I, I got a yeah, gift you had... patient that was a, I got a card. It was Valentine's Day. And I got this card. Ooh. I was like, it's a bit strange. Opened it up and it was like a, a glitter bomb. And it ex- almost exploded in our physiotherapy department. It was everywhere. It was the walls. I swear there's still like little flecks there to this day. <laughs> Anonymous patient. And oh. eventually I uh, I found out who it was. And um, she's my girlfriend. No, she's swiftly discharged. <laughs> So you touched the well then. <laughs> lots I, of I, passive treatments. Lots of motivational interviewing. <laughs> I only do uh, when people ask now uh, if I do massages and stuff, and I'll, I'll always answer, yeah, but mostly on young men's below 30 and only groin. <laughs> Just groin. Very, very niche. Yeah. I had, uh, when I worked privately, one, the clinic owner texted me and said, You've got a an eight thirty patient tonight, and he's booked him for an hour and a half massage. And I was like, "When the hell did I qualify as a masseuse for an hour and a half?" I was Jesus looking God. around, looking around the clinic room, thinking, "What can I use when my hands get tired to push on?" <laughs> Good. That's oh yeah. Oh, I did that early in my career as well. Now I'm just nope. Yeah. I know massages feel good. I like them myself, but you know, go to someone who can do it. Just don't. You, I won't waste your time. Going back to what we discussed about uh, courses, did you ever yeah. do any of Pete O'Sullivan's workshops? You ever seen any of those? No, sorry, I haven't. I watched a lot of YouTube and and and, and webinars, flip. but but not not in the flesh. Yeah. No, the only yeah. in the flesh courses on the big names I've, I've been to Greg Lehman and and Adam Eakins. Mm-hmm. And Ben Cormacks, a lot of dudes, mm-hmm. always take a selfie, then shout out one for the wank bank when I take it, <laughs> see the reactions. <laughs> so, I did. Uh, I went to Peter Sullivan's course, uh, and it was in yeah. London. Few, oh god, twenty eighteen, I want to say. Some others may have mm. been there. Then, and that was. Um, I was expecting maybe ten, fifteen people. What doing yeah. this course? I'm not joking, 300, 400 people for good reason. Amazing, amazing course. But it's everyone goes for this live patient demonstration. And there are four patients over this weekend where they've been suggested by some of the clinicians who were there. And the first patient, she didn't have back pain which is pete's kind of uh niche isn't it where a lot of his research and his cognitive functional therapy sits she was complaining of the most localized specific pathology in the back uh, mid muscle belly of her hamstring that had the least provocative symptoms ever probably like a three on (laughs) ten if we're going for an nrs and i just watched this patient demo and it just I hate to say it, it kind of just crashed and burned. It was, oh. we were all watching and we were like, she's not giving anything away. 
But then as the weekend went on, you got your your typical patients who won't bend their back at all, and Pete did his thing, and you're like, yeah, he's back. <laughs> he's back. <laughs> what I love, really love about Pete uh, is that he's he's so calming, he's so soothing, he, he got a charisma, the hair and everything. And I, oh, I, I bet you a hundred bucks, man, I would, I would you, you know, do everything I said, and I will just, I will be 40 minutes in and just go, wait, this is not this is not for my back pain. This is anal sex. <laughs> he's just have that. He's got a he's got a very good aura about him, hasn't he? Yeah, he has this very impressive. It's an impressive aura, right? But let's see. We passed the forty minutes mark, and let's have a. Do we have a, a funky anatomy detail fact today, or I think forget that, about it? I think I uh, came up with the last one to do with the. Kangaroos. Shit, so, yeah, fuck, that was my turn, yeah. And what I'm trying what? to work out is what you've got on that blackboard behind you for anyone who's uh, only listening. Martin oh. saw some sort of machine behind him that looks like it's off Breaking Bad and a blackboard with... Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that, that's actually a, a fridge where I, you know, ferment my beer when I make it. And on so I painted it black just to write what it is. And on top of that is this, the FPC podcast because I, I thought... You would see it. And then right. in Norwegian for my wife, love you uh, okay. with a heart with my name in it. And oh. then just terse. That means slut. <laughs> <laughs> and, a little, and a machine. No fact, uh, no fact that, today. <laughs> and that machine is a, a recirculation immersion math system. Yeah, I used to when I brewed. But anyway, so so no uh, funny fact today, or, or well, except that I call my wife uh, fondly the Norwegian word for slut, and she likes it. Because, Can you say uh, it? Say it again. Terse. 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 Yeah. So you can you can Very you nice. can call your you can go to your girlfriend and call her, just call her your little terse. <laughs> that's that's a that's a good thing as well. But all right, so um, do you have a confession, maybe? Just a tweet confession to end it. Today's confession. Mm. I'm going to go with that. Today, I had to go into Google and search for the name of a simple test for carpal tunnel. Simply Mm. Tinell's. And it escaped me. And I was sat there for probably about 10 minutes. I was like, I'm not Googling this. I know what that tappy-tappy test is. But I decided, oh, I've got to do it. So I had to pop into Google, tapping test on the wrist. And straight away, there he is, good old Tinnel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, love Google. Google, Google. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to do a, a Dave Poulter now when he does on Twitter. You know, I've actually tweeted that I one of my Friday physio confessions was I Google even with patients I Google all the time. <laughs> you know, David Porter is always when something is discussed on Twitter, he will just, he'll pop in. Yeah, well, I actually did a thread back in 2017 about that. And just pop it in. And um, that man, that man knows some a lot, but Jesus, that's uh, funny. I was just laughing now. <laughs> when you've when you've searched something. Uh, for a previous patient or when you're waiting for your next patient to come and you've left it on the screen and it's the most basic thing ever. <laughs> and you bring yeah. it in and it's left there. <laughs> How much range uh, of movement is there at the hip? 
<laughs> and then you bring in your next tip patient. <laughs> what is the shoulder? <laughs> but I mean, that's definitely better than than uh, what I did when I was in uni. Took my history degree down in Oslo, and being a young man, I kind of <clears throat> used my computer for other things on the interwebs. And <laughs> I opened, I went into a, a reading hall, you know, silent reading hall, and. As soon as I opened opened my my, my laptop, uh-huh. <laughs> were you you watching yeah. Shrek? <laughs> yeah, I was watching somebody do something at least. So uh, <laughs> that, that was makes, oh that Jesus makes you Christ, think that about me. some things that uh, we can discuss in a future episode. Yeah, over here from your colleagues. I love it when oh, you get those sort of noises. Someone's giving some sort of treatment and the noises yeah. that come out. Sensational. <laughs> some of the things I've heard a, a colleague say to someone when they were testing their reflexes, do you mind if I just give you a quick bang? <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of the stuff. Just, that, uh, oh, man, yeah. My, 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 my colleague, I call him my colleague, but the physio that runs parallel to me, we have uh, um, two two offices inside, and he used he's a kind of passive treatment uh, kind of guy, and you know, the, the frictional uh, tendon stuff, and the noise is coming from that. The pain noise is coming from that room, and sometimes it it you know fits perfectly with my patients. I'm and I would all like always go like, yeah, if I can't help you, he would finish you off. So <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. But all right, fortunately. <laughs> 45 minutes we have to wrap it up now all right guys for the mom and and my wife listening to this and probably matt's girlfriend if she loves him enough to listen thank you and have a nice weekend have a all nice right weekend. cheers